Hello, viewers. Welcome to our show, Road to the 2018 Elections. I'm your host, Love GM Tongwiza. Uh, as you might have heard, we rebranded the show from Youth and the Road to 2018 because now we are shifting attention from, uh, me, uh, from the show, it being uh, merely a, a youth show, to being an inclusive show. So this is our first episode for the year, and uh, in the studio today we have invited leader, can I say leader or president? Either one is. Either <laughs> one is okay, so uh, he's a man of many, you know, many names, but uh, he's the leader of uh, agent agenda uh, alliance alliance for people's agenda. Yes, APA, in short, his name is Doctor Gosana Moyo. Doctor Moyo, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Love Joy, and thank you for to, for the opportunity to talk to your constituency, if I may call it, <laughs> for your listeners. Yeah, of course, uh, our constituents mainly are the youth, and yeah. I know you're very passionate about the youth. Yes. I'm sure we're going to be talking about that. So, uh, to kickstart uh, the program, uh, I would want to know, uh, where is APA now? Uh, from the formation, I think that was in, in June last year. Yeah. Uh, and where are you now as a party, we, since June until now? We are building our structures, we are campaigning, we are identifying potential MPs, mm -hmm. And especially for your constituents, they need to know, you will be aware that we went out and said we're going to have introduced the concept of junior ministers. Oh, yes. Therefore, it is really important for your audience to think about registering not just to vote, but also indicating interest for standing as members of either members of parliament or councillors. Because representation must mean that you need to have some of your own people in these positions where decisions are made. And we are open for business in terms of people who want to come and represent the youth in those positions, either in parliament or at council. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. All right. In, in terms of registration, where are you as a party? Uh, how many numbers do you have? How many people do you have? That, I'm that sorry, I cannot, I, I'm not able to tell you honestly because you'd have to ask our SG to give you that information. So, mm -hmm. But we're doing very well. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, um, let's go into our story. Uh, you came into the scene, and for some time you sort of disappeared. No, I did if not. If I can call it that. I, I did not. All right. We are just using a different strategy, and people are confusing the strategy we are, we are using with invisibility or disappearing. All right. So mm -hmm. what's the strategy that you're using as a party? We, we are using a strategy which is going to talk to people and having dialogue. So it's a town hall kind of style as opposed to a rallyist style. No. Very different. So just in the last week, I've been to Bindura, I've been to Gwanda, I've been to Lupane, and a lot of people don't know that. They think we are not doing anything, but we are actually right in the communities. Like when I was in Lupane, we had people from all of uh, Matebele North, places like Binga, for instance, and people here on social media will often say, but we do not know you. We, we, people don't know you. Mm -hmm. And what is fascinating for me, it's people on social media who say that, rather than the people who are actually in rural areas <laughs> where I go and talk to them. Yeah? Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, our strategy is working incredibly well. Mm -hmm. yeah? So, uh, how has been the response uh, where you have gone? Because our style and our, the strategy we've chosen involves substantial engagement as opposed to you standing in front of people and just preaching to them. Mm -hmm. Our style and the strategy means you actually engage with what concerns the people rather than you telling them what you want to tell them. Mm -hmm. You listen to them. And when you listen to people and then respond to their needs, to their what, what, what is not right with them, it's much easier to get them on board and this is what we're finding. They, mm -hmm. You start a meeting in one place because they're used to what, how things have always been done by the time the meeting ends, you will see that people have shifted considerably into a totally new space of understanding how civil society engagement really should be. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All right. So that sort of invisibility or the strategy that you're using, mm. it is end you uh, a take that I would say a dark horse. You're, you're now considered <laughs> a dark horse for the 2018 elections. Mm. How do you respond to that? I, I've got no problem. If mm -hmm. People can call me what they like. <laughs> <laughs> and you think you the can... Is, the results are what matter. Mm -hmm. And you'll see what the results will be. Mm -hmm. The results are what, what, what matter. But do you think you will be able to maybe uh, have a strong word, maybe one constituency that you're saying, this is my constituency, this is where I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a man on? No, no, no. The whole country. 
the whole country. The whole country. Do you have what it takes? My view is that you are actually, you, you are privileged to be talking to your next president. That's my view. All right. Okay. All right. Ah, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> okay. And then in terms of demography, yeah. uh, who are you targeting? In everybody, your everybody. Because we are targeting Zimbabwean citizens. There is nobody who is spared. There is nobody who is spared from what's going on in this country. Therefore, one should not leave any particular component of our society out of this effort. Mm -hmm. So we're targeting everybody. But I think for today, I would also like to, for us to focus on the youth because this mm -hmm. is a youth platform. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And also because the youth in our country, demographics tell us that the youth are the majority. It's somewhere in the region of about between 65 and 70 percent. And clearly, I think the youth have got a particular responsibility in a democratic process mm -hmm. because it's majoritarian. Mm -hmm. And so if this constituency is the majority, the outcomes of what goes on and the quality of what happens, the direction of where we go is going to be determined by the youth. Either way, so either you can actively determine it or you can passively allow a result to happen which you don't necessarily agree with but because of your passivity. So I think the youth need to really, really understand this. Mm. Yeah. And then, uh, if I may say this, ZANPF is also, I think, uh, having a bias towards youth. Mm. So how are you going to compete in the same demography? My, my, my way of thinking is that it's okay for everyone to, everyone to compete for the same demography because it makes sense. You are the majority. It's the manner of engagement. And the challenge is to the youth themselves. What processes are you using to, to, to decide who you choose. And I think this is where your engagement with your constituency ought to be. My view is very simple. You as young people need to envision, to imagine, where do you want your country to be mm -hmm. 10, 15, 20 years from now? When you compare where you want your country to be with where it is now, you can identify the things that need to be done to get you from here to there, mm -hmm. right? Once you've done that, it almost allows you to write a job description for the person who can help you do that. Mm. And you think uh, the youth are writing a job description for But that's, for what, they, that's what they should do. That's, what, that's my point. So I don't care how many parties are there. I don't care how many parties talk to the youth. If the youth use the right process of how to frame the way they should make their decision, they'll make the right decision. So what are the policies that you have for the youth? The, maybe the programs once, uh, if and when elected into power? The major one, the major one, remember that challenges in society are not static, they evolve. Mm -hmm. So it is not so much that you look for a particular solution. You have to look for a process. In other words, what is the mechanism that gets youth to be involved over time, all the time, so that whatever problem comes along, mm -hmm there is always a youth way of looking at how the solution ought to be structured. Mm -hmm. And that is why APA has come up with the concept of junior ministers. We want the youth to be at the seat where decisions are being made, where the conversations are happening, where the policies are being shaped, so that they can, on an ongoing basis, give their view on how those problems should be solved. Mm -hmm. So that is our approach. It's not a one-time solution. It is inclusion of the youth so that as different problems come along, there is always a youthful way of looking and analyzing and structuring the solution. All right. So, so let me get this straight yeah. uh, on the junior ministers. So are you saying you have a cabinet full of senior ministers and then you have a junior minister? Uh, no. no. What we're saying, you know, it's the same concept as saying, if you say to yourself, I want my administration to be gender balanced 50-50, we are also using the same concept that we're going to have a cabinet which automatically must include young people. Because whatever you do, there must always be an input where the, the, the uh, perspective that is taken into account comes from how a young person experiences life, how a young person experiences or envisions the future. Mm -hmm. So they have to be at the table. If they are not, you're going to be trying to retrofit. In other words, you put a solution in place, and then further down the line, somebody comes along, a young person says, but why did you do that? You don't want, why did you in the past tense? We want, as we are actively thinking, the young views to be taken into account so that the outcomes automatically incorporate how the youth perceive this thing.
All right, uh, this is the program, uh, the Road to 2018 Elections. I'm in the studio with Dr. Nkosanamoy, who is the leader of APA. Uh, can I say a new political party? <laughs> yeah, one of the several political parties that are going to be taking part in the 2018 elections. Uh, remember to go on our, our social media platforms, that is a 263 chat, and uh, use the hashtag ZimVos on anything related to the 2018 elections. Right, Dr. Nkosanamoy, I'm coming back to you. Um, let's talk about the minds, you know, you've got that program the minds and you yeah. say you are all about the youth yeah. can you tell me how the youth are, especially in zimbabwe mm. are going to benefit or have benefited from, from this program so minds is not a program minds mm. is actually an institute a right. think tank mm -hmm. and it's got different programs it's got a program called african heritage it's got a program on leadership mm -hmm. where we actually we've started a scholarship program to support africans to study on the African continent, but always outside of your own country, in order to support the development, if you like, of Pan-Africanists. Because we believe that for Africa to succeed, we need to have people who are going to be integrative of the continent. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And then we've got a program on youth, the, the potential uh, of youth in elections and governance. And all minds programs are Pan-African, Pan-African, so they are not Zimbabwean or South African, because the name sometimes confuses people. And the reason why we chose to have a program on the youth specifically is exactly the same things that I've been articulating. Right across the African continent, the demographics tell you Africa is a young continent. In getting even younger, the percentage of youth on the African continent is increasing, not decreasing. It means if we are really smart and serious, the way we shape and prepare for the future must be heavily influenced by young people. So we are seeking to make young people take ownership. The challenge we are putting on the table is if you as a young person want a world which serves your interests, you must understand that you need to actively participate in shaping that future. Don't sit there and ask somebody else to do it for you. Mm -hmm. The numbers are on your side. All our processes which have become majoritarian mm -hmm. mean that the voice of young people can always be heard through the processes that have been put in place that are majoritarian. The starting, where is the starting point? The starting point is about how we choose our leaders. So we're talking about elections. Because by and large, Africa is doing badly. And the reason is actually because we are choosing our leaders badly. If young people begin to understand this, Young people pay a lot of attention to how and who we choose to lead our countries. Because that's where it all starts and stops. Mm -hmm. yeah? And that's why we've put in place this program on elections and governance. Mm -hmm. The governance is impacted on by how you do your elections. If you choose the right people, your governance improves. If you choose the wrong people, your governance is impacted negatively. Mm -hmm. So again, it is you young people who've got it in your hands to literally craft the future that will work for you. All right. Uh, speaking about youth and elections, um, yeah. I think I was reading somewhere today where uh, they were saying you have started uh, a process of choosing candidates. Yes, yes. We That's, that should be in, in, in Blawai or Gwanda. No, no, we, no, we've started across the country. All right. That's why I'm highlighting, by mm -hmm. the way, that we want young people who want to do this, who mm -hmm. want to either get into parliament or, or into councils to please come forward and indicate their interest to us. Because if you don't, we, we, then we've got a problem. Even if I want junior ministers, if I don't, I've got no MPs, there is a very limited number that I can then get into my cabinet. Yeah? So, so it is important for us to get young people to put their names up for members of parliament as candidates, yeah? So that so, we get them... So right now, where are you in terms of youth and, and, and candidacy? Mm. Do you have a large number of youths or what? We've got some. I wouldn't say nowhere near what I'd like to see. Mm -hmm. So I would like to encourage more to come forward and offer themselves for candidates. So you would want to see an upper that has got largely uh, youth in, in, in it? In it, structures? It's not a question of largely. Mm -hmm. But I think the representation issue is really important. We want to have enough young people for us to feel that that constituent is represented, their views are represented. Because it is young people on an ongoing basis who are going to inform the administration of what that constituent is experiencing in real life. Those are the issues we want to address. So where does it come from? It can only come from young people. 
they must be represented. All right, so this unveiling of candidates on a, can I say, <laughs> drip feed uh, method, how long is it going to take? Is this the official uh, method of selecting candidates? What, 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 explain the question. Uh, okay, okay, fine. Um, you, are, you, you, you are going there, uh, the leaders are being chosen. Is that the official way of, of, of choosing the candidates for, no. for 2018? It, it again depends on what you mean. So let, let, let me clarify something. Mm -hmm. A member of parliament is supposed to be somebody who represents a community. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to refine, and we'll never get it perfect, clearly, because it's a process which can always be improved upon. We want to work with communities. If you volunteer, if you say to, to me, I would like to be a member of parliament, then we ask you clearly, for which constituency? And then after that, there is a process that's going to have to take place where we consult with the people who you want to represent. Firstly, I would hope that they know you. You've made yourself known to them. They've got a view on your character, on your personality, on how you conduct your own affairs. And then they ought to be, have an input to say, actually, from what we know, we think that it's Lovejoy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah? Would make a good member of parliament. Because remember, you are their employee. You are their representative. And therefore, if that relationship exists where they've said, we endorse him, is our son from this region who can represent us. We've got a good base for accountability. Because when you go wrong, they'll call you back and say, Lovejoy, we sent you to parliament, but we don't see you executing in a manner that is consistent with what our concerns are in this constituency. So we are working on all of these things to make sure that there is alignment between our candidates and what the communities think in order to develop the correct relationship for accountability. All right. Ah, great. Interesting. Uh, that's Dr. Nkosana Moyo, who is sharing with us uh, his ideologies, especially with the youth, uh, as we head towards the 2018 elections. Uh, Dr. Nkosana Moyo, um, let's talk about Zima said. I, I, I know you have been asked this question a, a lot of times. What are you going to be doing differently from the Zima set and the government policies that are there at the moment? So what is Zima set? <laughs> what, what is Zima set? Well, a program? <laughs> <laughs> a program to do what? That was put in place by NPF. Yes, but to do what? Development? So, so, so why, why aren't we seeing the ev evidence of it, of development? So are you saying there's no development? No, no, no. Because I, I, let's just not, not debate a label. Mm -hmm. We want to see what is behind it mm -hmm. and the, the alignment between what is being done and what is being said and what's being done. Yeah? Mm -hmm. If, in fact, there is something they call Zima set, and uh, there's all good, these good things being said about intention. My question is, so where are the results? So can I also ask, are there no successes for, for Zima uh, no, said? No. You tell me, where are they? I think that's for you to, How many, to point so out. So you, you, rep <laughs> you represent a constituency, mm -hmm. young people. What is the rate of unemployment of young people? They tell us it's about 90, 92, something there. Do you, there. Does that to you suggest that Zima said there is something called Zima said that is working? So in other words, it has failed. I'm just using the numbers you're giving me. If you've got over 90% youth unemployment, mm -hmm. people with degrees, people who go, their families sacrifice to send them to college and qualify, and then they go and sell airtime by the roadside, mm -hmm. you think there's a program that is working? I don't think so. I wouldn't so. say that. So, the question now is, yeah. how are you going to... Uh, you know, uh, what are you going to do differently from so, what has been done? So, so the starting point is, and I, I like to use analogies because I think they help us to clarify. Hmm. Do you have a house? <laughs> That's a question for another day. No, no, no. <laughs> but you live somewhere, okay? So maybe not have. Okay, fine, I don't. You live somewhere, no? Mm -hmm. yes, yeah, yes, because yes. I want to hear. Mm -hmm. From time to time, things go wrong in your house. Maybe the plumbing, maybe the electricity, mm -hmm. and so on and so on, right? And then you, how do you decide which type of workmen to come and attend to what needs to be fixed? It depends on their expertise. And it depends on what it is that needs to be fixed, right? So if it's plumbing, you're going to get a plumber. Mm -hmm. If it's the electrical system, you get an electrician, yeah? So I think the starting point, and this goes again for young people, I would have to ask you, what is broken about our country? What, what do we need to fix about our country? What is broken? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't tell. No, no, no. But, but, but you see, as young people, unless, yes. you are, unless you force yourselves to go through that exercise, your choices are going to be wrong. Mm -hmm. Because it's like getting somebody going out to headhunt 
to, to, to fill a job. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what the job is, how do you write the job spec? Mm -hmm. So young people need to analyze for themselves what is broken about this country. Mm -hmm. As I travel around campaigning, you know, this challenge about are you talking to the people? I actually am talking to the people. On the list that they put, at the top of that list, without fail, no matter where you go, they put jobs as the top. They complain about their sons, their daughters, who are educated and no jobs. All of them complain about this. So, our economy is not providing jobs. Right? So, if you want to fix something, above all else, it's going to be the economy in order to create jobs. It doesn't mean it's the only thing, but it is the foundational issue. You want to provide health for your people. You want to provide education for your people. You want to build infrastructure for this economy and so on and so on. But unless the economy itself is producing wealth, which allows you to then put investments in all of these things, exactly. you're not going to be able to do it. So we need to be clear about the logic of sequencing. Mm -hmm. Fix the economy, create wealth, and then use that in all of these other things. Mm -hmm. So I think we can agree that the economy needs to be fixed. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Uh -huh. <laughs> so now, if that's the job that needs to be done... Mm -hmm. As I look for whether people apply or whether I'm headhunting, in other words, nobody has applied, I'm going to a headhunter and saying, guess what? I'm looking for somebody to do a job. And my job spec is this one. So when you go helping me to identify the candidates out there, understand that the job I'm trying to fill is this. Mm -hmm. Fix my economy. Mm -hmm. All right, That's the process you guys have to use. I, I was going to say, <laughs> okay. my economics is not that good. No, 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 but, but it's, not, it's uh, the logic. Uh, it's the logic. Yes, it's, yeah. it's okay. very logical, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, improving the economy also entails um, uh, inviting investors. Yes, but that's, that's, now we can that's fine. So now we can begin to look into what goes into running an economy in a manner that brings all the parties to the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah? The financial system has to work. Investors have to feel comfortable mm -hmm. to come into a space. Yeah? Mm -hmm. In order for investors to come in and their investments to get results, there are certain things you need to put in place. Mm -hmm. Your infrastructure has to work because they have to bring in raw materials and take goods to market. The financial system, they have to be able to borrow money, working capital, and then get their money to where they want it. Okay? So all of these things need to be put in place. That actually begins to contribute to your writing of a job description. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so it's right. going to be somebody who understands... What makes investors comfortable? What is it? Investors have to have faith that your environment is stable, your environment is predictable, you don't chop and change from day to day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The conditions you put, like for instance, one of the things that will always be quoted is the issue of um, indigenization, which is a valid issue. But you know, there's a price for most things. When you go and, you try and you're looking for oranges, there is a price which you consider acceptable, and there is another which you say, actually, I'd rather do without oranges, right? So if you tell me, as an investor, that if I come into your space, you're going to take $51 in every 100 mm -hmm. and just take it away mm -hmm. from me, and I won't get value from it, I'm going to tell you that's, that cost of insurance is too high. I'm not paying it. But... We, we have a problem here, Dr. Nkosanamoyo. Yeah. We have uh, Zimbabweans who are very expectant. And uh, as it stands right now, we are more likely to go into election uh, with the situation as it is, or even worse. I'm not predicting uh, in, anything worse, but I'm just looking at how we are, we are as a nation. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there you are, you are saying all these lovey-dovey things. And then there's my go-go with Kumusha, and she doesn't understand these things. No, she does. How are we going to, to, no, to, no, no, to no, put no, but you are you see you are making an assumption. I've just told you, only two days ago mm -hmm. I was in Lupano with people from Binga, people and, from Binga, and they understood you. Yes, what I call uh, uh, buying votes. Mm -hmm. So he comes to me and says, "Mr. President, I gather that you don't believe in T-shirts." When I go and use exactly this, and t-shirt, and the t-shirt picture picture So tell me about your gogo. Do you ever take it to hospital? And this young man thought he was being smart or he thought I was trying to catch him out. So tell me. Pauno batora uchitiba inde kunganga. Unutango baraki za picture inganga ya chwere. 
This was very simple to explain. But, no, no, no. But what I'm trying to... So don't know. Okay, fine. You it's see, okay. I'm trying to... When somebody... When I'm in a conversation with somebody, mm. I'll always find analogies from their life, the way they live their life, to explain my issues mm -hmm. every time. And as a result, the communication between me and the communities, no matter which ones, is always crystal clear. Because I'm not going to talk to them the way I'm talking to you. Okay. You are you. I talk to you this way. All right. yeah. I was talking to, to, to some politicians from another party and he was saying Exactly this question. And I think it was Guero. So exactly. Every five years, rice, and she stopped and analyzed and said, actually, apana chati chachinja. If anything, zinuzurukamba zichiwome sesa, zinuzurukita wese, ya? Ndikati so, imimi kana, ndikaba vunza, munomu wana omsika na ere, zikanzi ee, ndikati mwana wenyu kana karorwa, murumi wacho kana achimurowa, every time akamurowa kana kudakumsia, ompama sweet, kana chicha, hamtengera. Anufana kumurowa kangani, kutimuzoti kumana wenyu, aa, zwakwana. And she said, you know, maybe two, three times, otherwise, ndo mtaro tumana wangu, siyana nazwezu. Ndikatiku so, zaka siyana nei, nukupu wakua muri kuwa masuiti wae, wamuru kupu wanezaanu. But nikainyu, nukupu wanyu churamba uchu. This is understandable. So, this communication is not difficult at all. The ordinary person gets it. it I find it is amazing that it is the social media club that thinks they are smarter than the rural people. Mm. And they make an assumption that rural people don't understand. It depends on how you communicate and what analogies you use, what examples you use. The rural people are very smart. Mm. All right. Yeah? In your in engagements with the rural people, they're not so smart like, according to <laughs> the social media people, right? Mm. Um, I, I'm sure they know uh, there's a change of government. And uh, mm. uh, what's your take on the change of government. So, is, is it something positive for the country? So, in the last two weeks, uh -huh. in the last two weeks, Panizunu Tuzaitika, which are fascinating for me, mm -hmm. uh, about, maybe it is four days ago, I was in my car, and announcement, with President Barkuzenda to China. And my Chinese, amongst other things, Barkuzenda finance a new parliament of Mount Hamden mm -hmm. for about $70 million. Okay? And uh, Nezuro, I think it's either Nezuro two days ago, because Obuda kuti ah, zano government irukupa irukuita ma preparations okupa two hundred and eighty chiefs ma twin cabs, yeah, and the twin cabs cost I think somewhere between fifty and sixty thousand each. And says in a few weeks ago, even Mawarire, angari mbamake akavura mvura patep. All we need are chemicals. So tell me, So chicha chinja. Maybe the portraits. But well, uh, I think while we were on there. Um, we, we were having this discussion of a Yaguti, there's a new government, mm. and uh, the way Yayaka Pinanai, Imimu Munotu Udi. In end of what Pane Dambuziko, Nzeraka Pinda government, Yachu. I think Vanuvese Baka Fara Kutibam Gabe Vaenda, because Tata Shupika, that's clear. But I think Kutinaya Kuti Army, which is a national institution, Ipindire Muma fights a political party, Zino Tishupei. But I think I'm younger, right? But it's here. My tiro enyu mimi vanweza ano. 
akuita destabilize chi nyika in terms of security therefore isusu tirikuti kwa muri gadzira izvinhu zvenyu that far is okay but pavakangopfura ipapo and then got involved in the mechanics of how to fix that and then after the coup not coup <laughs> for the the generals to then get into the government i think is problematic the army should be an impartial arbiter and protector of our constitution. But did they get in, in, in government as army generals can they to retire to relinquish their post and then get into government? No, but, but you know Zewa, if if my generals SIA Angari ku army as neutral citizens, mm. this government is a Zanu government and nobody disputes that. And we are not saying it's illegal it's illegal or illegitimate. Back to my elections in 2013. Zanu ikawina, ika form a government. So this is a Zanu government. Mm -hmm. So how do people who are supposed to be neutral and protect all Zimbabwean citizens get involved so deeply in the, in the okay. politics of a particular party? We want them to protect all of us. Test is my citizens. Mm -hmm. That's what we want our army to be. So you see what, what I'm getting at? I think the problem is that army, which is supposed to be our army, all of us, I think get incorporated into a partisan fight and then partisan politics. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Pane problem. But what is the question? So, I, 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 okay, let, let me get this straight. You are mm. cool with uh, President Mnanga being the president, Zan but you are not cool with army generals within no. so, the party. A, any political party, uh -huh. President Mnangagwa, having been deputy president, VP in ZANU as a party, mm -hmm. the, the party itself has got every right to organize itself the way it wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's their prerogative. And it's got nothing to do with me. And then that party having got to a point where Again, they've got every right to do that. And therefore, President Mnangagwa coming in to save out the term of his predecessor is within the prerogative of Zano. It's got nothing to do with me. But when it shifts across to a national institution, the army, mm -hmm. then we all as citizens need to examine that more carefully and say, okay, this thing which is supposed to be our protector is citizens, not ZANU members, citizens, mm -hmm. including ZANU, but including people who are not in ZANU. They're, the interest of the army is everybody. So we just need to be careful about that interface. Mm -hmm. so, right. so the question which arises immediately in people's minds, I think we, we, we have uh, in the past been you know, faced, faced with that question. Do we have my, 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 my army personnel very neutral and whatnot? And that question still hasn't, hasn't been answered, about maybe until now? Well, so now we've got the answer, have we? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe not. All right. Um, what's your take on one cent of power? Oh, yeah, but it depends on what you're talking about. I mean, are you talking about in a politics? Are you talking about a political party yes, or what? Yes, in a political party. In I'm a physicist. I'm trained as a scientist. Mm -hmm. I I tend to um, to be prejudiced, if you like, on the side of allowing contestation to happen. Okay. I think that you find good in most things, allowing contestation to happen improves things. It forces you to think at a much higher level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you are challenged, and challenge does not mean that it's, it's inimical. It's not enemies who challenge each other. Friends ought to be able to challenge each other. Partners, you and your girlfriend, you and your wife, ought to be able, when somebody is doing something or thinking of doing something, for you to be able to say, that is contestation. So I think one center of power can be problematic, but having said that, I think there are ways of allowing contestation to happen where there appears to be a single center of power. And a good example of this is China. I think China is executing something which, which we need to learn, we learn from. They've got one, essentially one party, a one-party state. 
But within that one party said they've developed their own way of managing how they get the best of what they have to be in positions of authority. And they've managed even to get every 10 years, they change their leadership. So there is something they are doing which I think we can learn from. I do not know the detail of it, but I just want to answer you in a balanced way. Kuti, even if you've got what you call one center of power, but the phrase actually is problematic. When you say one center and then you say power, power is it suggests good upon a contestation. Yeah, yeah. Okay? <laughs> so you have to find a way of engineering into the architecture, the ability for people to contest, for people to say, no, I don't agree. I think things ought to be this way rather than that way. If you can find a formula for doing that, and then not call it one set of power. <laughs> <laughs> so, within your party, yeah. do we have structures? Yeah, yes, we have. Uh, and uh, you are willing to be challenged? Oh, but of course. As we go into... But of course. Oh, I mean, this is fundamental. Mm -hmm. It's fundamental. And you are willing you know, to I, give it up? You know, people... In fact, it was with uh, this chart. Mm -hmm. uh, the last conversation we had. I remember, I remember. Do you remember me saying, I don't for a minute think I'm the best Zimbabwean that there is. It's not possible. I know that there are out there many, many m m smarter Zimbabweans than I am. The only problem that we have at the moment is that those Zimbabweans have not put themselves up to say I'm available to serve. There is a process you have to use to identify who would best fit into that. And I think Singapore, if you read a little bit about Lee Kuan Yew, you'll understand how important this is. When you say you are joining a party, there must be something about that party because there are other parties. Why do you choose to join party A rather than party B? And the party A or party B, you've got a right to also assess join. Are they aligned with our values, with our beliefs and the way of doing things or not? So it's not, it's not Kuti, you, anybody wants to join should be able to join. It cannot be that way because otherwise you end up with... So there should be a selection criteria? Yes, there has to be. You see, what is a party? A party has to be a group of people who are brought in the same space, in the same framework, in the same organization through what they hold in common. A value system. That's why you get my labels which tell you roughly. You often get my parties which are called leftist parties, mm -hmm. centrist parties, right-wing parties, d social democrats, Christian democrats, mm -hmm. and so on. All these labels are meant to communicate with them. What do they believe in? What do they have in common? Mm, yeah. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, before we end this segment, uh, you talked about one-party state. Mm. Do you subscribe to a one-party state? What I've said, I think, should indicate to you that the answer is I don't want to be simplistic. Uh -huh. China is working. It is a one-party state. Because of a one-party state? But uh, no, I think it's working because within the one-party state, they've engineered some interesting processes for the selection of their leaders. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Most societies, I think, have not figured out how to make a one-party state work properly, where there are checks and balances, where talent can come to the top rather than just patronage. So if you, if you say, on the basis of what is out there, which way would I rather err? I would err against a one-party state. Okay. Yeah, I would err against a one-party state. Mm, interesting, yeah. interesting. But I just want to put it on the record as well, Guti. China is there and it's working. They're doing something... They've come up with a formulation that makes it work. <laughs> I, I remember vividly, mm. maybe, okay, these are conversations that we have, but I think this, this happened long back, mm. where maybe former president Robert Mugabe wanted to you know, establish a one-party state, and then the majority didn't want that. Mm. Mm. I, I, I don't know if Zimbabwe is ready for that. No, my, that's why I said I would err against a one-party state. Mm. Yeah? Because I think the majority of the evidence seems to suggest, Kuti, more often than not, it does not work well. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So this is the program Youth and the Road to 2018. I'm with Dr. Nkosana Moyo, leader of APA, and um, love Joy Mutongwiza. And uh, don't forget to go on our social media platforms. That is on Twitter at 263Chat, on Facebook, that's 263Chat, and use the hashtag ZimVotes18 for anything related to the elections. Now, um, I'll go ahead and uh, ask Dr. Nkosana Moyo, if you're president of Zimbabwe, mm. maybe if or when you were elected, I think when is more, <laughs> <laughs> is more appropriate. What kind of an image would you mm. want to see Zimbabwe uh, uh, being portrayed? Oh, so I would, I would invest because the image is a result. Mm -hmm. 
of an investment. So what is the process? What I would like to see at the end of that process is a prosperous country. It's a safe country where the citizens are law-abiding and where the country is respected both in the region and globally. These are the characteristics I would like to see. So prosperous, peaceful, respected. Can you say we are a peaceful nation at the moment? I think our nature is, no, as a people, I think our inclination is to be peaceful. We actually, I think, we've got a, an asset we are not using. Zimbabweans are more inclined to be peaceful, to work hard, to be compliant with institutional set, setups. What has gone wrong in this country is leadership and governance. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, our nature to comply has allowed this thing to stay, to stay around for too long. Because we comply, we are not rebellious. We tend to conform, yeah? So it's our nature has been abused as opposed to being used positively. Mm -hmm. So we are victims of circumstances? We are victims of our own nature because the person who was ruling over <laughs> us understood and then took advantage of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then... Um, the president, mm. President Emerson Nangago, is going to the Davos next the week. Davos, yes. Yeah, Davos next next week. Mm. If you were to go there mm. as president, I Trump, wouldn't go there. All right, let's start with <laughs> if you were to go there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to to why you wouldn't. Mm. What would be your message to the world? I wouldn't go there, so I'm not even going to answer that right, question. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you go there? Yeah, I wouldn't go there because when I get elected, I will have incredible clarity that the things that need to be fixed first are here at home. They're here at home. Mm -hmm. Unless we as Zimbabweans become very honest with ourselves that in order for the rest of the world to have a particular view of us, there are certain things at home we need to fix. Then we're going to be wasting our time. So, it's, you know, in banking, if, I, if you come to me for a loan, I'll look at how you conduct your life, how you manage your own finances, because that gives me a, an idea of how you're going to manage my money if I gave it to you. Yeah? At the moment, I just gave you a, a couple of examples of where we are taking money and putting our, it in places which don't make sense at this point in time. So if I was an outsider, why would I have confidence? Yeah? The other thing about this country which we have to confront as a people, just get out into the street and experience how Zimbabweans drive. Just go and experience it. We don't respect each other. We don't respect ourselves and each other. But we keep demanding that other people should respect us. Does that make sense? Mm, interesting. So for me, I've got incredible clarity that what we need to fix first is our environment, our behavior. Because without preaching to the world, the world will see for themselves how we conduct our own affairs how we manage our own resources, how we manage the little money that we have, how we treat our citizens. That's where they're going to get the signaling. These people are worth partnering. Not And especially in the reverse sequence where we don't manage ourselves, but we demand that they relate to us in a particular way. So I wouldn't go to Davos. So uh, le let me also get it straight. Uh, Zimbabwe is not an investor-friendly nation existence right yeah. now. Yeah. And, and you don't go, you don't achieve that by going to Davos. That environment is created here through how we relate to each other as Zimbabweans. Mm -hmm. We have not even unlocked Zimbabwean assets, Zimbabwean investors. We are trying to look at somebody else's money. My Zimbabweans are and even they, if they had the opportunity, would take their money out of this place. Yeah? And I mean, it reminds me. So, and this is a pan African issue. So, once, I think I was in Washington at the time, Ku IFC. I was invited, uh, there was a meeting of ministers of finance, Ku South Africa. And I, I was invited there, I suppose because I was coming from the World Bank. Mm -hmm. And they started having this conversation about externalization of money, chi, chi, chi. And then, half jokingly, I said, you know, I think that's a good thing that the Africans are taking their money out. Oh. And uh, precisely, <laughs> <laughs> precisely, people reacted the same way that you've reacted. What's your problem? Because for me as a financier, what is telling me is that Africans understand risk. Africans understand risk. So, if your environment is risky, it's sensible that they should try to take their money out. It means also the reverse is true. If you created a conducive environment, they'll bring their money there. Mm. <laughs> so, 
where we are as a nation, uh, the president has been encouraging people who extended their funds to bring them back. Mm. If you had, if you were uh, an account holder of external funds, would you bring back your money? Is no, but firstly, I have not done that. I'm, no, I, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, 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 just hold on. The president has said those who broke the law. <laughs> yeah, no, no, because it's important. So if I, if I took my money out legitimately, I'm going to give you a very honest and blunt answer. I would not bring my money back. Because of the risk? Yes, because I understand risk. But if I had taken money out illegitimately, the president has got every right to say, because you break the law. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> right. This uh, bringing back the external funds is meant to you know, solve the bank and cash crisis. So, as upper. Ba, 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 ba. You know, so it's, it's, remember, uh -huh, you uh -huh. know, this is fascinating. Uh -huh. my bond notes. Mm -hmm. I'm one, and I'm not the only one. I'm one of the people who said that is not a solution. Yes, I remember. I remember. Yeah, before. that's not a solution. We are failing to understand cause and effect. Mm -hmm. Why is there a, a liquidity crisis in this country? I don't know how old you are in terms of whether you've actually saved enough money to put into a bank in Zimbabwe. <laughs> no, so that's why. I have put money into a bank here, which, which I cannot get. Mm -hmm. And the Mariangu, I worked for it. And I, to make it worse, I worked for that money outside the country. And I brought it into the country. And now I can't get access to it. Come on. I understand. Yeah? <laughs> and, and when you look, all of us as ordinary citizens, on the day of dollarization, literally our bank uh, balances were taken back to zero. Yeah. We then started building from there to where we are today. And then nobody stole that money. So how does it happen? Could all of a sudden I'm told they, there can be two main explanations. The first one is that I take my money to a bank, a bank that has got no competencies to manage my money. They lend it irresponsibly and lose the money. Okay, but then that should be, there should be clarity. This issue should then be clear. Could central bank ought to be able to tell us could that bank and that one and that one are incompetent? They ought to go into receivership or whatever the case may be. When the banks themselves are competent managers of my money, there is only one other agent in this country that uses money without creating any money, and that is government. I'm not being insulting, it's just yeah, fact. Yeah, sure. It's just fact. <laughs> it's just fact. But yeah. my, my question is, mm. how can this be solved? Oh, <laughs> you still haven't got the answer from what we did. Yes, right? especially from, from your side. Suppose you, you get into, into government. Because, you know what, it's, it's one thing talking technical terms with me, mm. and then it's one thing doing the practical work. Mm. Especially to the ordinary person. Mm. Like I was saying, go, 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 So imagine, let me use a very simple analogy. Mm -hmm. Imagine a tin. A tin. Open at the top. Mm -hmm. And you, you punch walls at the bottom. You can punch walls in such a way that if there is a rate of pouring water into that tin, the number of walls and the, their diameter, individual diameters at the bottom is such that the balance between that, the water in the tin will actually increase. Although there are holes at the, at, at the bottom, as I pour water in there, if the holes at the bottom are not too many, the water will increase in the tin. But if I get the balance wrong and the holes at the bottom are too many and the rate, the rate of pouring water in the tin is too small. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. so, so this is a, again a powerful analogy. The, the holes at the bottom are the use of the money. And the water coming into the tin is the rate of creation of wealth or the money. What you want, the balance you want, is that the rate of water coming in must be higher than the rate of extraction. Isusu, we operate the other way around. That's how we do things. Now, could I be simpler in explaining? <laughs> no, I totally get you. But you know what? I'm not the only one who's, listening, who's going to be listening to this. Uh, we have a lot of No, people. but you've understood. Yeah, yes, I definitely I've okay. understood. <laughs> All right, let's move on uh, to Nyae inclusivity. I yeah. think that's what, another issue that you, you, you are passionate about. Yeah. Right, let's talk about uh, uh, 
people with disabilities. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, the government set up a disability board, mm. and as APA, uh, do you have people with disabilities? Are you going to field any candidates with disabilities? We, 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 are, we are inviting them. Uh -huh. We've got members who are disabled, mm -hmm. but like I say, we are in the process of identifying those who are interested in representing their, their constituencies. So the, the answer of uh, inclusivity across the board, including disability, I think is an a very important issue for a society to work in a manner where every member of that society feels I belong. Mm -hmm. Whether it's gender, whether it's age, as we've been talking, uh, whether it's disability, all of these things are really, really important. And also in this country, something which is really a problem is geographic unevenness in development. That's an inclusivity issue. Mm -hmm. So if I go to Binga and I find Kuti, the citizens of Binga feel Kuti they could as well be in another country, something is wrong. If I go anywhere or I meet somebody who is disabled and they've been made to feel Kuti they might as well be somewhere else, they don't belong to Zimbabwe, that is wrong. Mm -hmm. So we have to address all of these dimensions of inclusivity. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And then let me also put you on the spot. <laughs> no, it's not a question um, of putting it. All right. It, yeah. Uh, the constitution doesn't allow it. The issue of both gays and lesbians, what's your take? So le let me use an example again. So remember uh, Uganda? Yes. In Uganda, there was a parliamentary debate. And the parliament of Uganda took a particular position. We are, a we are supposed to be a constitutional country. We've got a parliament. So when something like that happens, who makes the laws in this country? It's parliament. So a debate about what position our society should take has to go to parliament. And the decision of parliament has to be binding on all of us. Mm -hmm. So okay. that's my answer to that. And we have to follow process of the institutions that we've put in place. Mm -hmm. The same way that in the, I mean, it doesn't matter where you go. Recently, uh, Trump at the moment, I think, is reversing the issue of gays oh, and yeah, lesbians yeah. in the army and so on and so on. And as long as he does it, constitutionally or institutionally in terms of the setup of his country, the same way that in some states there is the death penalty and others there isn't, this, this Zimbabwe has got to follow the same processes. And more importantly, other people have to respect our decisions. Mm, yes. If we've, if we've set it up in such a way that our parliament is the decider and the legislator, if our parliament decides, if you're sitting in Zambia and you don't like it, if you want us to respect your laws, which are made the same way through your own parliament, you have to respect ours, whether you like them or not. Mm. Yeah? All right. And then I attended your, the launch of your party yeah. uh, by Mikus. Mm. Um, and uh, one, one reporter in the stands, he asked, why is it that your, 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 your bench is largely uh, uh, male-dominated? Mm. And I remember... I'm not sure which meeting. Mm. There was sort of 50-50 between the males and, and females per uh, table. Mm. So, as upper in terms of um, gender parity, gender equality, mass structures, me. So, I think what, what you need to understand, if I start building an institution, the numbers that come in are not going to come in at 50-50. It's not possible. So, for again, illustrating, mm -hmm. if I, as in Kosana, start the institution. At that point, the gender imbalance is 100%. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay? Mm -hmm. So if I then get the next member, and that next member happens to be a male, because I'm building up the institution, I won't say no, but I'll have clarity could where my objective is. By the time I get there, I'll begin to make sure that there is now fair representation. So let's not confuse the process of building up with an end point. But... As of now, where are you? I do you have maybe maybe enough numbers to say yeah. We... I would not. I would not say enough. I think we are finding that males tend to come forward much more assertively than women. We have to go out of our way, quite uh, in a decided way, to try and recruit women. On the whole, the volunteering tends to be male dominated rather than female dominated, and it's something that we got to continue to work at mm. as a society. And we've had a. Once I convened a, a, a group to have a conversation, and something I was not even aware of, I was told that girls between the ages of about 18 and about 25 participate the least in voting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I convened a discussion group with girls of that age group roughly to find out why. And some of the things that they told me were that it starts with the family. 
at family level they are discouraged from participating all sorts of reasons are given so clearly as a society we've got issues that we have to address in order to encourage women to participate as much as men yeah and a an institution within our society is going to reflect the same tensions as we do that recruitment. But in our view, we, we get there. We, we, we are clear about the objective. We'll work to achieve it. It's not going to be a straight line. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so this is Dr. Nkosana Moyo. He's sharing with us his views, uh, his uh, prospects for 2018. Right. Um, maybe we have about five minutes to go. Um, what do you admire most uh, from ZNPF? From Zanu PF, yeah. At the moment, nothing. Maybe in the past, nothing. I, no, no, no. If you say in the past, yeah. Okay, I, fine. Yeah. Let's move from from 1980 up up until to where we are. What so you if, if you go back, if you mm -hmm. go back to 1980, the first 10 years of our independence, if you look at our education system, I don't think you you would be being reasonable to take away credit from Zanu. And to some extent, actually, during that period, even the health system. So ZANU did certain things right to create a foundation for where, where our country could have gone. They then spent the next 20 odd years destroying it. But if you go back to the beginning of our independence, I would say at the top of the list in terms of the things that ZANU did deliver. A health system, because I can't remember what the radius was. There was a policy could nobody in our population should walk beyond a certain radius in order to get to a facility. So even just the thought process of trying to structure something like that was very commendable. Our education system was very good, but now, unfortunately, we've regressed. So right now, you have nothing to admire. Oh, no, show me. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. All you right. tell me. Uh, I think now it's day, what, day 56, 54, 55, somewhere there, mm -hmm. since President Nangago took, took yeah. office. Yeah. What can you say he has done right, and what has he done wrong? I think his uh, inauguration speech was good, but, uh, but I, I, I keep coming back to the same issue. For me, there ought to have been time spent, invested in analyzing. So in terms of when you take over a country or a situation, a company, whatever it is, I think the first thing is to, now that you are an insider, he was always an insider, so he should have known a lot of things anyway. But now that he is in charge, I think there should have been at least a very short period of diagnostics. What, where are we and what has brought us to be where we are in order to formulate what we need to do going forward? I am not feeling that that has been done. Because if that had been done, there would have been more consistency between the speech, the speech. that he gave and what is being done. And this talk about a new parliament would not be taking place. The buying of new cars shouldn't for... No, it shouldn't. So these actions are beginning to suggest to me that the speech was well meant... But what has happened Action. since is problematic. So it's just an orator from an orator to an orator. Well, <laughs> that's you saying that. I'm not <laughs> All right, uh, as we wrap up the program, Dr. Mm. Nkosanamoyo, what mm. kind of an election would you want to see in 2018? Free and fair. Define free and fair for me, please. Free and fair means, for me, the processes leading to the election, the encouragement. So ZEC should be, we go back to the army issue. Uh -huh. Is Zek saving us as Zimbabweans or is Zek an agent of ZANU? I think they need to create a structure which gives Zimbabweans the confidence that this institution is a Zimbabwean institution. Not an upper institution, not a ZANU institution, but an institution that will save Zimbabweans. That's a, an important starting point. And I think Zek itself, in, if it were formulated like that, they would be make, putting in a lot of investment into civic education. Please, voting is your responsibility. It's a responsibility. You have to do it in order for us to end up in the correct place about who we give the responsibility of running our country. Yeah? And then the whole process of the exercise of actually casting the vote and the counting and so on and so on, the transparency. So let, let me tell you what my view, mm -hmm. given our history. Given our history, if I were president in Nangago, you know what I would do? I would outsource totally. I would outsource to a body like the UN. The UN. Mm -hmm. I would outsource the electoral process for this coming year, I mean this year, because we've got a history which is problematic, which everybody knows. So how do I 
create confidence in my population and internationally, the investors that we we're talking about, I would make a decision right now and say to the UN, come and take over the compilation of the voters' roll. Totally take it over so that everybody's got confidence that this is going to be done properly. Mm -hmm. And they take over the voting process, the telling of the votes, and the results. That way nobody can point a finger at me and say, ah, makazot, makazot. Because I would have the confidence that I've got nothing to hide. That's what I would do. Mm. So uh, are you happy, maybe, uh, with uh, what has transpired so far, in as far as the BVR is concerned? No, I'm not. Because I've been to I, I was talking to some people, and they were giving me an example of Matebele land. They said, in the first phase of the BVR, the three provinces in Matebele land, Mat North, Blawayo, and uh, Mat South, the numbers were pretty well the same, the queues were similar, and uh, the reports were saying low pace of voter registration. In the second phase, out of the blue, all of a sudden, the numbers of registered voters in the rural areas, i.e. much north and south rather than Blawayo, suddenly shot up. Yes. And uh, people who are close to this are saying there is no logical explanation because nothing changed. Nothing from what was visible changed. Yeah, this is why I think if I were president of Nangagwa, I would come up with a, a measure which just gives everybody total confidence that they are not going to be right. All I'm, I'm relating to you <laughs> is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. And I'm also suggesting what I would do in his place. If I had absolutely nothing to hide, that's what I would do. So I personally bought a car recently, which I imported here. And paying duty, everything, paperwork done meticulously. I, I, I try to get pre-clearance for this car. In other words, kuunza mapepa kunoku, kubanwe zimra. Ndikati, pre-clear my car so that I don't spend useless, unproductive time per border. Vakaramba, Zanzi, and the reason, here is the reason. The craziness about our country. Zanzi, kuna bamu banu banu chita, banu timotikari ya kati kati, but timotikari nozo uya ya kasiana. But are you telling me that everybody does that? If I'm a manager, you know what I would do instead? I would pre-clear. And at the border, the responsibility at the border would be to now reconcile. Mapep, nozo wako declare it. Motikari, toita examine, chassis number, engine number, ndiyo erene, aisirio. If it is 30 minutes, one hour, you're out of there. But can work a cheater, then we come up with the right measures. You are, not, you are not fit to be treated fairly in our society. That is efficient. Not could you penalize everybody. And the trucks that are sitting at the border with this inefficiency, just lack of understanding of how to manage a system. But when you are at the top, you are the boss, you are responsible. Okay? <laughs> if it doesn't work, it's your job to make it work. And then, uh, okay, fine, I know I said five minutes. Maybe <laughs> just one comment on, on Zach, Zach, uh, anti-corruption, yeah. on the alleged uh, selection of, uh, you know, what's going on, you know, they're arresting people, aligned to g port and whatnot and whatnot. Your comment on that? So let me, let me make a, a slightly, not quite a direct answer to your question. The only observation I want to make is this. I think our leaders, generally, me included, should understand that Zimbabweans are not stupid. Zimbabweans have got a history of seeing things being done. They know, actually know, by and large, who is corrupt and who is not. Mm -hmm. So please, if you're going to say something and start implementing it, don't think Zimbabweans don't see what's going on. Don't ever think that. Mm. Me included. All okay. right. <laughs> your parting shots, your parting words. <laughs> My parting shot is Zimbabweans, it is a responsibility on, incumbent on all of us to participate in creating the future of this country, the future that speaks to our dreams and our children's dreams, our grandchildren's dreams. And the voting is not the only way, but voting is a very good starting place for us to participate and select the person that we want to run this country, lead us, and together with that individual, create the country that will work for all of us. And within that message, I want to particularly focus on the youth. Because you are the majority, there is nothing that happens in this country that you cannot impact. The quality of the outcome of, this result, of these elections is entirely yours to determine, depending on what you choose to do. 
Great. Uh, thank you, Dr. Nkosana Moyo, leader of uh, APA, Alliance for People's Agenda, uh, who was sharing with us his vision, uh, his uh, vision for, for 2018, where he's coming from, where he's going, and what he would want to see uh, happening in Zimbabwe. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you, sir. Thank you very much, and uh, thanks for creating the opportunity for us to exchange some observations mm -hmm. about yeah, our country. You're always welcome back, uh, you know, for any other programs. Thank you. All Thank right. you very much. There we have it. That's uh, our first uh, program for the year. That's uh, the road to 2018 elections. Uh, we had Dr. Nkosana Moyo. If you'd want to uh, take part into, uh, in, in this program, uh, get in touch with me. That's lovedreamtungwiza0771-666865. Or you can visit our social media platforms. That's uh, A26Richard on Twitter. Uh, or on Facebook, that's A26Richard. And remember to use the hashtag ZimVotes18 for any election-related uh, discussions that we, we, we engage. Right. That being said, my name is Love Jim Tungwiza. Hope to see you on another program. For these and other stories, visit our website www.263chat.com. Follow us on Twitter at 263chat and like our Facebook page 263chat.